This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Canada. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada, the first leg of our Wednesday triple header. We're on from now until noon right here on TSN 1050, TSN 3 and 4 at 1 p.m. and TSN 2 at 5 p.m. later today. Adam Scully alongside Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Gentlemen, Mark, let's start with you. We got a nice day here in the GTA. The Maple Leafs playing tonight. How are we feeling? I'm feeling completely dejected. I do not care. Uh, I'm probably not going to watch. And I hope they blow up this entire thing at the end of the year. I am. I feel I'm still angry. I'm still upset. I have no interest in another 2024 chase to the President's Cup. I've got zero chance. The only President's Cup I'm interested in is golf's President's Cup, not the President's Trophy in the NHL. I have zero desire. This team is built to win the President's Trophy. Go away. I'm, I'm angry. So, Bob, are you a little more optimistic about this and the weather overall? I, I'm seeing I'm I'm seeing genetics sleep sneak into uh, to Mark. Now we're going from his dad, angry Mike, to now angry Mark, <laughs> and it's coming down. He's gonna we're gonna give him that nickname. Uh, I'm uh, I'm optimistic for tonight. I think they'll come out and play with full forces. I think. Uh, I think it's um, beware the uh, beware the rookie goalie. Isn't there a saying about that? So he's playing, is making his Justin or Justin Hall? Yeah, making his first Joseph. Uh, Joseph Hall, thank you. Sorry, see, I'm a real hockey guy. Uh, <laughs> as long as it, as long as, if it involves Luke Shen, I can tell you all about it. But anyway, it's um, I think I think they're going to play well tonight, and I think they're going to bring it back to Toronto. Then we'll see what happens from there. You just all you can do is go one game at a time. I'll have my Leaf sweater on here, and uh, as I watch it from my couch. We'll have a, our final predictions for the Leafs as we wrap up the show in about two hours. But a busy show, as always, today on Wednesday. We're going to discuss the Golf Digest Top 100 Courses in America list, which Mark has been to several of them. Bob has played some noteworthy <laughs> ones as well. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Augusta National we will discuss that. We'll have our TSN Edge picks for the Byron Nelson this week, where Scotty Scheffler is the overwhelming betting favorite on FanDuel. Is it a good idea to bet him, or should you wait? We'll discuss that and much more. We'll also have an interesting conversation from some comments that Canadian Nick Taylor had recently talking about what a bye week would look like on the PGA Tour. I'm really curious to hear Mark and Bob's perspective on that. And we're going to look ahead to the PGA Championship. We're going to look at our poll question where which... Uh, player looking for their first career major championship has the best chance to break through. We'll discuss that and much more a little later in the show. But first, let's hit it with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. Well, a big storyline heading into the PGA Championship has always been since Jordan Spieth completed the third leg of the career Grand Slam when he won the 2017 Open Championship was Spieth's quest for the Wanamaker Trophy. And Spieth's year has been pretty darn good. However, he missed the cut last week at the Wells Fargo, looked 
little lost in the wilderness. And on Monday late in the afternoon, he put out a statement online and he said the following over the weekend i had severe pain in my left wrist and had doctors confirm an injury that requires rest and limited movement the byron nelson means the absolute world to me and i'm disappointed to miss it this week i'm focused on healing as quickly as possible and will have to evaluate my recovery week to week this is not good bob when you heard this statement what were your thoughts uh, well, obviously, it seems like it's a little bit more than just a, a bump or maybe his sneaky way of getting a week off before the PGA Championship because he pulls out of a tournament where, A, it's in his hometown, and B, it's sponsored by one of his very few but major sponsors in AT&T. So you, don't, you know he wouldn't pass this up if he, if he was healthy. So I, he is obviously injured, and I think that it's obviously disappointing for the PGA Championship if he isn't able to play. Uh, and and it, and it kind of throws all that work that people have done about the you know the thinking talking about the major championship sweep the grand slam uh, out the window. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm still hopeful. It's still a while ago. We don't know how severe the injury is, but he definitely is. Uh, he's he's definitely hurt from judging by what we we know. Well, and Mark, you did an interview with uh, Andrew Green from Oak Hill, which we're going to air next week, both on radio and television, talking about the the renovations, what the course setup could look like. And if it's been like uh, traditional PGA championships, at least for the last 10 years or so, we're going to expect some rough. This rough's not good for a a wrist that's really hampering you. Yeah, um, Andrew really alluded to the fact that although there are, a little there are some holes with some more variety around the greens and whatnot that the majority of the you need to be a great driver of the golf ball at oak hill and you're going to deal with rough that's still part of the storyline they have not changed that characteristic around this golf course so you know i've been on jordan spieth uh, all spring i was going to keep picking him until he won because i think a victory was inevitable but this changes everything. This absolutely changes everything. And I think it points to the poor performance last week as to likely why now we know, you know, that 77, I mean, he was just awful. But I mean, the if you can't, if your wrist is cooked, you, I mean, that you can't hit a golf ball. It's one of the few areas of the body that you definitely can't hide. You might be able to hide a bit of a sore back on occasion, a sore this, a sore that. Nothing that actually connects you to the golf club. Like your wrist just takes a beating. So I'm with Bob. This is a big event for him. This is a real home game. So I'm 50-50 on whether he even tries next week, guys. I mean, like this is a true, I think he's, he used week by week. I think we're day to day right now. Well, and if he used that, you know, what you said, week to week there, you wonder, and this is just speculating here, if if it's an injury that is severe pain, like he just mentioned, surgery could maybe be in the question. I mean, like, this is something where, you know, this is a guy who he's always had a very unconventional grip where it's almost like two of his fingers are off the golf club so you wonder you wonder if that played into effect you wonder if he just hit a root practicing i don't know but that's going to be a major storyline for jordan spieth whether he is in whether he is out whether he tries to give it a go uh we've spent a lot of time during these wednesday shows talking about designated events obviously now this week on the pga tour is not a designated event a very busy stretch of designated events coming up but looking ahead to next year it seems like no cuts are going to be the norm 
for designated events. Bob, what do you think about this whole thing where a lot of people are comparing this to, oh, PGA Tour is kind of taking a live model, so to speak, in terms of no cuts. But obviously the events are totally different. But in terms of limited field, no no cut events, what do you think about this? Uh, well, I think it's in- interesting how he has, um, Jay Monahan has sort of gone against what the feelings of, of Tiger Woods and a number of other top players who suggested that we need cuts. That's kind of what is, is germane to the PGA Tour. On the other side of what he's getting, Jay Monahan is getting from the sponsors saying, hey, listen, if I'm going to ante up all this extra money now for a field, I don't want guys like Rory McIlroy going home on Friday. I don't want guys like, well, if he plays Tiger Woods going home on, on Friday. I want them there for four days because that's what I'm paying for. I want these guys to be in the, in the mix or at least be out there where some of my fans can come and watch it. So I can see where he's getting it from both sides. Um, but I think he's made his decision, and, and I, think it's, uh, I think it's one of those things that might be reviewed later on. But I do think, I do think for me personally, I think cuts are a big part of what makes golf so special because you, you get paid if you perform. It's not like other sports where you have a guaranteed contract. Well, we could go on and on for about a month on some of Tiger Woods' great stats throughout his career. 142 consecutive made cuts honestly might take the cake because, you know, at some weeks he just don't have it, but he found a way to keep grinding, to keep getting it done. Mark, you're on the ground a lot for a PGA Tour, PGA Tour radio. No, no cut event. What like does this? I'm with Bob. Yeah, with I, Bob, I, I agree. And in terms of like, do do players? not go in there with not as much intensity, but or mail it in, so to speak, because they're in the field. They know they're getting four days, but still, like I think a cut is a, a focal point of a tournament. Yeah, and, and listen, the PGA Tour was very clear in their initial reaction to live golf that we believe 72 holes. We believe the golf course should be played 1 to 18. We believe in a system where you qualify in and qualify out where there is where there's movement on, on being able to access events, etc. And we believe uh, in cuts and we're starting to chip away at all these things a little bit. And I don't I don't particularly like it. I don't mind it a couple times a year like we used to have in some of the old WGC events. But I mean, too much of it. I, I don't get now. I do understand the Monahan's position with the sponsors that Bob outlined. You pay for something. You, you don't want big names going home. But at the end of the day, you need to decide whether uh, the the integrity of the of the tour and the integrity of the event takes a, a greater importance over the entertainment value of the event. And in my mind, the difference why I'm a, as a, from a fan perspective, remove what we all do for a, li- a living. I'll remove for the fact that I'm an employee of the PGA Tour. From a fan perspective, the reason I prefer the PGA Tour is because of the importance and the integrity of the competition. I look at live like entertainment. I look at the PGA Tour like it's historic, a level of importance. There's a care, an investment there from a fan perspective. And when you start to chip away at these things, I think you, you, you start to lose that or you risk starting to lose that and you start to cross over into this is entertainment and you start to look at golf the way you look at a movie, a TV show. And to me, people who like live golf and God bless them, they look at it more like entertainment. They look at it more like the party, like you guys outlined on Monday, Scully, about 
the party down in Adelaide, etc. It's, it's a different type of event. It's an entertainment thing and not necessarily a competition thing. So I don't know. It's a thin line, guys. We're going to have to watch it, I guess. It's certainly a thin line. And for the most part, I would say this season, the designated events have been thrilling, to say the least, with a cut, obviously. Maybe this past weekend, you know, there was a stretch on Saturday where there was an 11-way tie for the lead, which is, I mean, unheard of, whether you're playing the PGA Tour or you're playing the Weston Club Championship in two months, but it, which is something different. But, I, I mean, it turned into a two-horse race, and then, to me, it kind of lacked maybe some drama. I, I don't know, but this is something that we're going to look at going forward a little bit uh, for sure with these designated events and whether we have a cut or whether we don't in 2024. Now, before we wrap and go to break, some news out of PGA Tour Canada where Claude Giroux of the Ottawa Senators will serve as the honorary chair for the Commissioner's Ottawa Open this year, and he'll also play in the event as a sponsor exemption. Bob, what do you think this does for this event to have Claude Giroux, who's a lo- not only a local player from the Ottawa area, but he also now plays for the Ottawa Senators in terms of people coming out and seeing him play? You know, I've never had a big problem with this, with these uh, exemptions at this level. I think if you go above this level, it becomes a little bit more, but these events need, need to, a drawing card. And no disrespect to any of the players on PGA Tour Canada, but they're not household names and people don't know them. So if you can get a player who will bring people out, which Claude Drew will do in the Ottawa area, and this, is, this has gone on for a number of years. I remember the Stoll family had a tournament up in Thunder Bay for a number of years when they brought people in. Uh, I remember Michelle Wee, back in, before she was a full-time LPGA Tour player, getting an exemption to play in one of the PGA Tour Canada events. So I think that there, you need a drawing card. You need something different that will bring people out to the golf course to watch, and Claude Giroux will do that in the Ottawa area because he's, uh, well, he's a senator, and he's a, huge, uh, he's a huge name in that market. And he had a great year on the ice, too, with the senators. And I will say I am in conversation right now with PGA Tour Canada. Try to get Claude on Golf Talk Canada coming up on an upcoming episode, which will be, uh, which will be pretty cool. Okay, on the other side, speaking of pretty cool, Golf Digest has released its latest top 100 courses in the U.S. of A. On the other side, we're going to discuss some of those courses, some of the ones that we've played at, and where we think some of these rankings could go here in the future. And perhaps maybe that'll turn into a Golf Courses in Canada conversation. You'll have to wait and see about that. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf. Offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit jpsmgolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Inside GTC, another Wednesday edition of the show. Scully Weeks Zacchino alongside. Coming up on the other side, we're going to take a deep dive into the AT&T Byron Nelson from an edge or fantasy perspective, look at some of the odds, the favorites, some dark horses for Canadians in the field this week. And later in the show, too, we'll, get, we'll look ahead 
to next week, the second major on the men's calendar, the PGA Championship at Oak Hill. It used to be Glory's last shot, and now I don't really think it has a, a catchphrase just yet, but maybe we'll come up with one at some point uh, during one of our shows here going forward. Anyway, uh, another thing that came out recently was on Golf Digest, their top 100 golf courses in America. And, Mark, you are – what is your official title? Are, are you a Raider? With golf, yeah. Like, uh, what, hold on, let's pull out the card. I don't know. <laughs> now, sorry, is that an actual business card? Pa- panelist, top one hundred panelist. So, how about that? It means I have an official there. vote in the Golf Digest wow. family on their list. So, uh, wow. you get your to put obligations up the are in the, uh, in the voting office. Yes, yeah. The, the, your obligations are to uh, when you. When you become a panelist and you play a, a top 100 course or best in state or something along those lines, you, you have to log into the system. You need to give, there's a certain uh, uh, set of criteria, shot values, this, 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 and this, and you, and you, and you do a rating and a write-up and you submit it. And what they do is they compile all these you know, evaluations over the 24-month period and, and then uh, release the top 100 and it's, Top 100 in America, top 100 world, top 100 you can play, uh, best in state. And from a global perspective, obviously we have lists here in Canada, but I mean, from a global perspective, I think the top, the, 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 the Golf Digest list is, is the list from a global perspective. Um, mm-hmm. This one I find the most, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? snooty bob i mean this is really the list of clubs that most of us will never be able to get on right and if you get on a few of them here or there you're pretty lucky where see on the global list i mean a lot of us have played a lot of them right because we get over to europe and whatnot their top courses their top 10 courses in europe we can all go play they're available to us right and so this list is a little Although I know Bob, out of the three of us, has played number two on the list, which is Augusta National, <laughs> which is the highest out of any three of us. The highest I've uh, played on this list is number six, which was Marion a couple weeks ago. And you were just recently there. Uh, I got to ask you guys, I have to ask you guys, in terms, because you guys have both rated a lot of golf courses, and to the common eye, or, or maybe anyone, they might step on, onto a golf course for the first time and say, oh, I played there. I love it. But that's not what rating is all about. Bob, when you step on a golf course for the first time, what do you look at in terms of rating a golf course? Well, I think it comes very differently. And, and just to be clear, clear, I haven't never actually officially ranked a golf course. I was in charge of the oh. rankings at Score Golf, but we were not allowed to, as an employee, we did not rank them up there. And, and I was part of the, along with John Gordon, part of the guys who started the first ranking in Canada back in 88, I think it was the first time we did it, was the top 15. But, you know, I think what we tell people, we guide them, it's not easy, and I know, Mark, you can probably attest to this as well, is what I think is a great golf course and what Mark thinks is a great golf course is very different. So we had had categories at Score Golf where, um, and they were weighted categories. And the, the number one, the heaviest weight, was something what we call playability. In other words, do you go out and enjoy playing on this golf course? And enjoyment is kind of a subjective thing. You know, Adam, you may love playing a golf course that's long where you can use your length. I, I prefer maybe something that's a little more um, where you have to kind of 
work your ball a little bit here and there or play more subtle shots like a, a place like Jasper. Jasper Park is not a long golf course, but I love that golf course. It's one of my top two or three in the world for sure. So, you know, it, it's, it's always the eye of the beholder. And I will say this, it's quite funny. Uh, when I was down at Cabot St. Lucia earlier this year, I sat at dinner one night beside a guy named Derek Duncan, who is the golf digest editor for the golf course section. He's the guy who looks after the ranking. And he was down there, He's and he is right into it. Boy, he's very deep into this stuff. And we had a conversation which ended up essentially with the day that people agree with the rankings is the day you stop doing it. Because you don't want, there's no right or wrong. It's all subjective. It's what you think is good. And, and these lists generate conversations just like we're having now. That's fascinating. And Mark, you mentioned it there. The top course you've played at here on this latest list is Marion, which is number six in the U.S. on this uh, ranking. What did you like the most about your experience at Marion? Well, like to Bob's point, I mean, they really try to keep because what what I like versus what you guys like, etc. To Bob's point, is bang on. So they try to steer you in a, in a criteria lane with very uh, firm columns. These are the six things you're you're you know uh, uh, trying to rate your uh, shot value, playability from different uh, uh, categories of player. In other words, can a can a five handicap go out and play this, but and, and it make it interesting. But to Bob's point, can a twenty handicap go play it? It's interesting. Um, variety of holes, etc. So, so from a golf course standpoint, the reason I like that, you know, I find a lot of the old historic golf courses very boring. And, and like, I mean, a lot of those old Parkland U.S. Open golf courses, I, I, I don't particularly enjoy. I just find them big and tough, and it really requires the USGA to come in and grow like eight inches of rough for this golf course for me to see how you can have a major championship there where I know a lot of traditional panelists and guys who fancy themselves as golf. And there's a lot of them in our business. Trust me in our business, all these golf course architect specialists. I mean, I just want to roll my eyes. I mean, you know, and all they do by the way is write about the same golf courses for the last 40 years. And you know, anything built in the last 10 years, they, they want nothing to do with. Right. So I just roll my eyes. I am the opposite. I don't just, because it's an old classic, don't just concede the fact that this is top golf course, right? Marion, to me, was as exceptional as it is because unlike a lot of those old uh, Parkland golf courses, this golf course had a ton of variety, a, a lot of rolling land and subtle elevation changes. There were ups, there were downs, there were corridors of the property that gave you different topography. There's a group of holes near the end that, at Marion that enter an old quarry and give you a different look with exposed rock and exposed sand. There's a, there's holes on the other side of the property where there's a creek meanders through four, five, six holes and comes into play on tee shots, approach shots, etc. There was a 120-yard par 3, there was 250-yard par 3, there's a 600-yard par 5, there's a 500-yard par 5. So variety of strategy, variety of holes. And then, of course, then after all that, you look at the history and what's been done there with Hogan's one iron, Bobby Jones uh, winning a Grand Slam. That's when I'm like, okay, not only is this place exceptionally good, it's got amazing history and value to the game and the history of the game, etc. To me, it can't just have that. It's still got to be a great golf course, and it still has to stand up to, to the modern game, which Marion does. 
Yeah, well, one thing I, I look at whenever I'm at a course for the first time is what you mentioned there, Mark, and variety. Are you playing different kinds of shots, especially on par threes, uphill, downhill, short, long, par fives? Is there a short par four which really forces you, maybe myself being a longer hitter, to say, you know what, should I just crank driver up there and see what happens? Or is it so penal that I have to lay back with four iron or five iron, like Wyndham Clark did last week at Quail Hollow on the 14th hole, which is a very well-designed uh, hole. I was curious, too, looking at this, as you guys know, I was at Pebble Beach back in September. Pebble is ranked 12th. Uh, Spyglass is 67th, which to me is absolutely mind-boggling because that golf course is, simply put, ludicrous. That that place is exceptional. It is hard. It is awesome. And even as our caddy said that day at Pebble Beach, you know, the first 10 holes, it's... Um, it's just sort of a, a, it's a very, 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 very nice resort course. And then the real course begins on 11 in that closing stretch. But uh, Pebble is at 12, Spyglass 67. Where we're going next week at the PGA Championship, Oak Hill, 22nd on the Golf Digest Top 100 in America list. And Mark, we have, we have a big show coming out later this year, too, in terms of courses in Canada. Yeah, well, our friends at Bushnell uh, are going to engage some of our touring pros, some of our club professionals, some of the Bushnell ambassadors, coast-to-coast, etc., uh, some of our media friends, and going to do a, a top 50 in Canada, top 25 private, top 25 resort public. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We're, it's apparently going to be very different just to create conversation, to Bob's point. That's what these lists do. They just create conversation, and they're fun and whatnot. And very quickly, before we go to break, Maybe Bob will remember this. It might have even been an article in Score Magazine or Golf Digest. I can't remember one or the other. So maybe, Bob, you'll remember this. But years ago, there was a survey done. And it was just a regular weekend warriors. And talking about rating golf courses and rating your experience. They figured out that if you have whatever your budget is, golf course budget for, for maintenance, if your greens are just amazing greens and the rest of your golf course is kind of gone to crap, that they, when people exit your golf course on the 18th green and you ask them how their day was, you, most people will rate your golf course high and their fun value will be through the roof. If your greens are great, they don't remember anything else. If your greens are bad, they will forget every other good aspect about that course. Do you remember that survey, Bob? Vaguely, yeah. I think it was tees and greens. If your tees and greens are great, then everything else is uh, is. You know, it kind of loses to the mind. The other part, of, I think it was the same survey where they said if you have, if you better your handicap, you'll rate the course higher than if you're, if you, if you're like, like if your handicap, rate the course as higher as if you shoot eight on eight uh, under your handicap. So it's, uh, if you have a good day, you love the golf course. Isn't that always the way? What I think is going to happen here at some point is we're going to go on a road trip to somewhere that we have all never been before. We're all going to play the golf course. We're all going to write down a a very thorough summary of what we thought about it, and then we're going to discuss it on the air, our pros, cons, likes, dislikes, maybe Bandon Dunes, maybe Cabot St. Lucia. Who knows? We need the private jet for that one. (laughs) Yeah. Just we'll fire up the PJ. It's fine. It's fine. Speaking of PJs, on the other side, probably some private jets were taken to the AT&T Byron Nelson. We're going to discuss uh, the fantasy perspective from FanDuel. Who is the betting favorite? Hint, hint. Scotty Scheffler is the overwhelming betting favorite. What are his odds? What are his chances this week? We'll discuss that next. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Back inside Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Sacchino, as we always do on Wednesdays here on GTC. We take a look at that week's PGA tournament and where it all lies from a fantasy perspective and looking at the odds on FanDuel for that particular week. And this week at the Byron Nelson, as a result of Jordan Spieth withdrawing, Scotty Scheffler is the overwhelming betting favorite. His odds to win are plus three. 60, which are unbelievably low or short for a player heading into a golf tournament. Tyrrell Hatton has the second shortest odds at plus 1,200, followed by Jason Day and Tom Kim tied for the third shortest at plus 1,400. Now, gents, we've seen in recent weeks tournaments like this that aren't designated events where some of the favorites odds are much shorter than everyone else you think back to the Zurich Classic of New Orleans Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley were at plus 290 to win now they finished T4 that week the Mexico Open John Rahm Tony Finau Rahm was about plus 260 Tony Finau plus 850 what do they do they finished one two on the leaderboard so that made sense that week i'm not going to ask you guys for your edge picks because we're going to get to that in an hour or so but purely from you know a a fantasy perspective and how he has played this season mark do you think those odds for scotty scheffler are appropriate for this week yeah i do i think there's a big two in the game of golf i said it last week and i'm trying to and you know i love rory you guys know i love rory but right now where rory's head's at and his motions are at there's not a big three there's a big two, there's Rory in the wilderness, and then there's everybody else, and then there's a group of guys there and the every, everybody else, I think, near or at the top trying to break through. And trying to break through, I'm talking major breakthrough, which could be Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley, Tony Finau, Max Homa, and who of that group is going to break out and push the ceiling. But I, I agree, and I think the reason we're seeing what we're seeing, guys, which is, to your point, Adam, these guys that are clear-cut betting favorites like we have this week, like we had with John Rahm and Tony Finau at the Mexico Open. The reason we're seeing that is we're seeing the, the, the haves and the have-nots of the PGA Tour schedule, right? This is, I mean, Tony Finau and John Rahm should have done exactly what they did do at the Mexican Open, right? They should have been there with the chance to win on Sunday. One of them pulled it out. That's the way this should go. It should happen again this week. If Scotty Scheffler does not, is not on the first page of the leaderboard come Sunday, I think we'll all be absolutely shocked. I mean, this is a very weak field. It certainly is. Now, Bob, from purely a golf perspective, Scheffler's had a great year, but his putting numbers are not so good which is crazy to think if Scheffler has a decent week on the greens and we don't see him losing his mind like he was doing at the Masters on the practice putting green before the tournament began where he just clearly <laughs> there was something going on putting-wise, it's, it's hard not to expect him to really run away with this tournament or at least you know be in the mix come back nine Sunday afternoon. 
Well, I think uh, you can go back to last week and look. You know, there were some heavy favorites, not quite like this heavy, but and then you had a guy like Wyndham Clark come through and win. And we've seen um, we've seen some guys compete with it. Remember Nick Taylor battling Scotty Scheffler yeah. down the stretch and John Rahm down the stretch in uh, uh, Phoenix. So I, I think I think there's overwhelming favorites, and then there's guys who might just have a great hot week. You never know. I. I I'm always of the mind that uh, somebody's going to win the tournament, whether it's a stack field or not a stack field, someone's going to win. And if somebody has the right combination of a great liking the golf course and playing well and getting the putter hot, then you never know. But going back to your original question, you know, if you look at Scotty Scheffler's putting, you brought this up earlier, uh, <laughs> Adam, about how last week, or sorry, at the last start, Scotty Scheffler at the Heritage was 0.00 in putting strokes gained. So he neither gained nor he won. But if you look before that, you know, he's got some, some, some decent positive weeks with the putter um, that aren't necessarily going to, uh, you know, move him up the rankings necessarily, but they're good enough for him with the rest of his game where he can compete, and that's what we've seen so far this year. I mean, it's a remarkable season for him so far, and I don't think anybody would be surprised if he ended up running away with this thing. And that's where you look back to that WGC match play where he missed some short putts down the stretch against Sam Burns in that semifinal match at the Masters. He made absolutely zilch on the greens and still had a, a good finish overall. So I'm curious to see where Scotty Scheffler is heading into this week. Tyrrell Hatton is the second betting favorite at plus 1,200. But I want to ask you guys about Jason Day. Because Jason Day is plus 1,400 right now. Mark, you had him on your TSN Edge team last week and this this weekend I you know I've been very high on Jason Day throughout the year this year has been a renaissance year for Jay Day I mean you think back to the President's Cup last October where he was a mainstay on those international squads for years he was nowhere there was not even a chance and you know what that he was on the radar to be on that squad and now what has he done he's le he leaped up the official world golf rankings hasn't one yet and now he's been dealing with some vertigo issues too which we saw back at 2015 at the u.s open when he shockingly really fell over and collapsed and really battled his way through j day at plus 1400 just from a golf perspective mark what do you think of him this week i don't like him this week adam because of the health issues because he hasn't won since 2018 at quail hollow he missed the cut at quail hollow last week so, I mean, we've come through a corridor now where I really thought Jason Day was going to have a chance to win. I've been on him as well. I've, I've loved his chances at the Players' Championship. There are some places uh, where, you know, you, you could really pick your spots. Quail Hollow was one of them. The horses for courses play, so to speak, for Jason Day. Um, I think we might need to kind of, from a fan duel kind of fantasy perspective, I think we may have to wait for the carousel to come back around again. He needs some positive starts some positive uh weeks with his health again maybe when we get to memorial he can show us some positive yardage again and the carousel will be coming back around to that sweet spot where he might maybe you find him in that w obviously that'd be a home game for him at memorial uh but right now this week to one of the best fields of the year uh uh sorry next week one of the best fields of the year this this week the the field is right for him to kind of maybe get something done but i mean miscut guys where he where he dominated in his last win we're coming off a a a, a, a miscut i don't like that i know hard to hit a golf ball with the world spinning around you yeah i mean i think we've all done that maybe in a different 
scenario or circumstance, but not, <laughs> not to that same degree. But, uh, you know, speaking of injuries and speaking of uh, little uh, nicks and bruises, Hideki Matsuyama, who's really, he's battled a neck and back issue for at least over a year now. And Hideki Matsuyama right now on the betting book on FanDuel is plus 1,800. Now, in his last couple starts, he's played, he's finished well. T16 at the Masters, T15 at the Valero Texas Open, a T31 at the match play, and fifth at the Players' Championship. Bob, this is a guy who's, you know, he's known to have the, the pause in his swing, similar to the pause that you rock very well and haven't missed a fairway since 2002 <laughs> anyway. But in terms of Hideki Matsuyama, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think of him overall? And not only maybe for this week, but major championship season because you know he is a major champion at the masters a couple of years ago and he's had a number of great finishes at the majors too uh i think it's uh i don't know you know that neck injury is one of those things that seems to be sort of ailing if it will it's it's it never seems to go away he seems to get better and then it seems to get worse again and he's been battling this for it feels like a year but it's not maybe not quite a year yet but it's been a while when he's been dealing with this thing and he seems to come back and play well for a couple of weeks, and then this thing seems to, it's, it's nagging, it's chronic. So it's always a question mark because we know he can play very well, but if this thing is bothering him at the top of that backswing, if he's pausing, maybe it's hurting more. I don't know. I'm just guessing on that. But, but it's obviously hindering him to the point where he's not comfortable with his golf swing. And I think that's always going to be a question mark, especially if you're one of these guys who's going to you know, pick him. But, but you know, he's, he's played, if you look at his last four starts, uh, he hasn't played a ton, but he's been like fifth, 31st, 15th, and 16th. So it's not like he's playing terrible. It's just I think we always think of him maybe as having a chance on certain tournaments to get into the mix, get in there ready to win. But I think this week will tell us a little bit uh, about where he is. And before we go to break here, we have to look at the Canadians this week at the Byron Nelson. Four in the field, Adam Hadwin, Mackenzie Hughes, Roger Sloan playing this week. And Michael Gligic. Now, from an edge fantasy fan duel perspective, Hadwin has the shortest odds of any of the Canadians at 45 to 1 for a top 20 plus 210, like the value there. Mackenzie Hughes, 80 to 1 for an outright winner, top 20 plus 310. And Roger Sloan and Michael Gligic both at 400 to 1. Before we go to break, I'll ask you both. Uh, Mark, starting with you, do you like Hadwin or Hughes more this week? Uh, I mean, <laughs> great. Like, I mean, right now, I don't feel good about any, which is so funny because just, you know, what, we're just a couple of weeks removed from feeling so good about against both of these players, right? And coming out of Zurich, I was feeling all high on, on both Mac and Adam. Oh, boy, I, I don't know. Let, let's go. I'm I'm taking a quick look here, guys, at birdie average on the PGA Tour, and I'm trying to see who averages more birdies, Mackenzie Hughes or Adam Hadwin. And I think it's Adam Hadwin as of right now. So because of that, I'm going to go with Adam Hadwin. The one thing we do know about two years at TPC Craig's Ranch, you're going to have to make a ton of birdies, right? 24, 25, 26 under is going to win this golf tournament. So uh, if you're splitting hairs this week or you're in a flip a coin moment with your fantasy team, go with the guy who makes more birdies. Bob, for you, we saw some uh, video that you'll see on TV in about 
three hours time now when Winners Weird and What airs where Adam Hadwin had a rather eventful weekend off the golf course. Uh, do you like Hadwin this week or do you like Hughes more this week? I'm going to go with Hadwin this week. I think he is driven a little bit by the fact that the other guys are winning now and they've got their second wins and he doesn't have his second win. Uh, I think his putter is performing really, really well this week. We saw some other social media pictures of him actually practicing his putting and, and doing quite well. He's got a, from 10 feet and in, his make rate is over 90%. So I think if the rest of his game can be decent, and I think this is a golf course that would suit a guy like Adam Hadwin, who kind of can work the ball a little bit, I think that, uh, that he's got a good shot to be the, not only to be the top Canadian, but uh, to compete for the title. And Hadwin, 45-1 to one to win outright on FanDuel for a top 20 plus 210. I really like those odds for Adam Hadwin. Okay, on the other side, we're going to take a look at our GTC poll question of the week. And if you're looking to get fit for new golf clubs, we'll tell you an easy way for you to get that done. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Coming up hour one here on GTC, it is Scully, Zacchino, and Weeks. Well, we mentioned FanDuel and the odds for the Byron Nelson. Bob, have to give us some kudos because every week we do three handicap that is on tsn.ca and FanDuel. And last week, winner, winner, chicken dinner. That was me trying to do a siren. Anyway, we we do um, three ball picks for the opening round on the PGA Tour that you can see on TSN+. And last week, our three-ball, three-way parlay, that's a tongue twister, that hit at plus 1,300. So way to go, week so you can catch our picks a little later today on tsn.ca, and you can actually see what we're picking on the FanDuel app as well. Well, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade is obviously a big thing we do throughout the summer here on GTC. This week, your chance to win a Stealth 2-plus fairway medal. Mark? It's pretty easy. All people have to do, check out our fantasy pool, make your six picks, and you have a chance to win. It's easy. It's free. People got to get on there. <laughs> it's, that, it's that simple. Just go to golftalkcanada.com, golftalkcanada.com, put it a register. And, of course, if you register, all you do is play one week. Just register once, and you have a chance at the grand prize, which is a custom set of golf clubs through the bag, Top-to-bottom, tailor-made experience and a trip for two to Casa de Campo. You know what I saw recently, guys? Uh, Graham Dillette is doing uh, – Bob, we'll have to ask him about this next week. He's doing a trip, hosting a trip to Casa de Campo. With Golfway Tours. I did not yeah, know is that. that. Who, yeah, it was with Golfway – yeah, so I, that popped up on my feed yesterday. I wonder if Graham's been there before. If he hasn't, he's going to absolutely love it. The place is absolutely unbelievable. That sounds like a, a full, ro maybe a road trip too for the boys. Anyway, uh, <laughs> good, good on Graham Dillette for that and looking forward to seeing uh, what comes out of that tour. Now, speaking of TaylorMade, go check out TaylorMadeFitting.ca because as we have spoken about at length on this show, getting fit for the right clubs is 
essential. Whether you're a plus four handicap or you're a 42 handicap, get fit for the right clubs. It's quite an experience to go out and enjoy it. And Bob, you earlier this week had a chance to spend some time with some notable curlers at TaylorMade who were also very good golfers. Tell us about that. Yeah, so Brad Guju, who is, uh, of course, the Canadian champion and uh, former Olympic champion, uh, ranked best curler in the, uh, in the game right now, and his team, uh, Mark Nichols and Caleb Flaxey, who's actually their coach. And I, we did a little thing for TaylorMade that you're going to be seeing in a couple of weeks. But then uh, the, Mark and, and Brad went up to the fitting center, and they went in and got fit. And I did not realize this. I sort of knew a little bit, but Brad Guju is a great golfer. He actually played in two Canadian amateur championships and a couple of Canadian, I think maybe three Canadian juniors. And he also went to a Golf Canada training camp one time as a junior, and he was roommates with none other than Brad Fritch. Anyway, if you go to, onto their, if you go onto their account, uh, the Team Gushu account, you can see their fitting experience up uh, at the TaylorMade headquarters in uh, Vaughan, Ontario. And they, by all accounts, they had a great time getting fit. That's awesome. That's good to know. And uh, as you know, Bob, I, I love watching curling. My family's been involved and played the game for quite some time. And uh, it's great to see uh, Brad uh, do well in, in, in some other some other sports too that uh, that's certainly awesome but yeah 20 weeks of tailor made we're giving away a stealth two plus fairway medal just go to golftalkcanada.com and you can have your chance to win now we're going to get to our golf talk Canada poll question of the week on the other side because this is going to be quite a conversation in terms of there's so many players who haven't won a major yet but looking to break through and forever you know we've thought of uh, you know, Ricky Fowler, the best player to not have a major championship. And now there's, you know, our, our social media team put out a poll and there are so many other names that we had. So we're going to get in that conversation on the other side. We're also going to discuss some comments from Nick Taylor, the Canadian, talking about what a bye week would look like on the PGA Tour. Because in the NFL, obviously there's bye weeks. The NHL basically now has bye weeks in and around the All-Star break to give players uh, some more time too so we'll get into that we'll preview the live event this week too and talk about some players to look out for on the live side uh, heading into the PGA championship but Bob before we go to break I have to ask you because on the LPGA tour they also in action this week two Canadians playing Modemi LeBlanc and Maddie Zurich but no Brooke Henderson playing this week any intel or yeah. any do we know any reasoning for that no, I've got no intel. In fact, I had reached out to Brooke's agent uh, last week and asked if she was playing this week, and he said she was planning to play. So the mystery continues. I've reached out. If we get something back from, uh, from the agent before the end of the show, we'll, uh, we'll certainly pass it on. But, uh, yeah, a little strange that Brooke's not playing this week as Marco, and, you know, we've said many times that Brooke plays. It's, it's more a news story when Brooke doesn't play than when she does play because she plays almost all the tournaments. So we'll figure out what's going on, especially since this was one that apparently she was planning to play. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a fascinating story uh, for sure. Also an hour two, we'll give our TSN edge picks for the Byron Nelson. And we'll discuss maybe our golfing plans for this week. Mark and I spoke at length about how we've been playing early on in this season. We'll get uh, perspective on how Bob has been teeing it. That's also coming up in hour two. But first, to kick off our second hour, we're going to take a look at our GTC poll question of the week. All that and more coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. 
thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Kicking off hour two right here on Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully, Mark Sacchino, and Bob Weeks. Now, we mentioned on the previous hour about the LPGA Tour event this week, Brooke Henderson not playing, but Nellie Corda is playing, and someone familiar is caddying for her this week, Joe LaCava. A one-week time for Joe LaCava caddying for uh, Nellie Corda. According to Amy Rogers on Twitter, uh, Corda's regular caddy, Jason McDeed, expect to be back on the bag for Corda's next event. So Joel Acava just taking some uh, different uh, different loops right now as uh, his regular man, Tiger Woods, won't be playing golf for a very long time, unfortunately. Okay, let's get to our poll question of the week. We asked you the Twitterverse. Which player looking to win their first career major has the best chance to break through at the PGA Championship? Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley, or other? Tony Finau, the overwhelming winner here at 48.6%. Shoffley at 27.1%. Other, which included names like Max Homa, Cam Young, Corey Connors, Min Woo Lee, Sam Burns, Keith Mitchell also was mentioned there too. Mark, I'll start with you. Of the players named there or any other guys, who do you think has the best chance to break through and get that elusive first major next week? Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, the questions are too hard uh, today. I, I'm, I think can't. I pride myself game on that. Is by built- the way. Yeah. We'll say that again, Skulls? I say I, I pride myself on asking tough yes, questions. Yes, I think Cantley's game, wow, I don't know. Wow. I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley. I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley um, because of the body of work, of the quality of events that he has won already. So in my mind, and this is saying a lot because Patrick Cantley – has won a FedEx Cup, right? But Patrick Cantley does not have the best record in majors. Tony Finau has a good record in majors, but if you look at his body of work of the events he's won, they're, for lack of a better term, second-tier PGA Tour events. I think Xander Shoffley has the gold medal, has the World Golf Championships, has the uh, Tour Championship. I think the quality of fields and top-tier PGA Tour wins, plus the top fives at majors, points to Xander Shoffley. Okay, so Bob, or Mark has the X-Man. Bob, who do you like? 
Uh, I'm going to go with Finau. I, th- I just think that this guy has played such a solid game of golf this year, and his, you know, he hasn't he basically hasn't missed a cut this year. He's got a whole pack of top tens. You look at his statistics, and and the putter is the one thing. When it's hot, it's hot, and that's the one that will put him over the edge. Uh, when he won in Mexico, he had um, 1.04 plus strokes gained average putting, and then you look at some of the other events where he's played well, and his putter is either. It's, there's not a lot of in-between. So I'm thinking that if he has a good putting week, then I think he's going to be awfully tough to beat out of that group of guys that we've got there. Yeah, and, you know, I, I have to agree with both you guys. I'm curious where Max Homa lies in the story for, for next week. I'm really curious about Max Homa for the U.S. Open at LACC, where he's had a ton of success as, a, mm-hmm. as an amateur mm-hmm. in, in the past too. But uh, a lot of storylines heading into the PGA Championship. Next you know what else I'm thinking here, too, guys? I mean, and it's tough to make your first win on tour a major, but what does Cameron Young have to do at this mm-hmm. point? I mean, so many close calls. His game, there's no flaws in his game. He's an absolute, you know, ball-striking machine. The speed's there. He's putted well in big moments. And I don't feel like, unlike Mito Pereira, who, you know, threw up all over himself at on the 72nd tee at, at Southern uh, Highlands. I don't think, like, Cameron Young necessarily has lost. I feel like more like he's just been beaten. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a difference between giving one away and just being outplayed. And I feel like Cameron Young, although has had all these close calls... I just feel like he's outplayed. I, I, I don't go, oh, you know, he, he brought out the barf bag when he had a chance to win. I don't get that sensation. Am I looking at that wrong? How do you, Bob, are you are you reading it the same way with Cameron Young versus like uh, Mito that I just feel like Cameron Young's just been outplayed a couple times? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think that, you know, he hits it so far and he hits it so good most of the time that it's hard for to think that he's not going to win. And I don't think he—I don't think he's overwhelmed by a major championship now. He's been in so many big events, been in the hunt in bigger designated events and things, that I just think that he could pull it off. It's just a question of you know sinking the one or two extra putts, um, a ball keeping into the fair, bouncing into the fairway rather than bouncing into the rough. Kind of those breaks that he needs to get it over the top. And once he does, man, look out! I think it's going to be a floodgates are going to open. Yeah, one shot out of a playoff at last year's PGA Championship was Young between Zalatoris and JT. And many people forget he finished solo second at the Open Championship, making eagle on the last hole, which Rory McIlroy would have needed to make to eventually make a playoff. But Cameron Young, one to look out for at the PGA Championship. Something else we want to discuss today on our show is some comments that Canadian Nick Taylor recently made. Now, We've discussed at length about the PGA Tour schedule this year, how it is a little different with the designated events, how we're seeing some fields that are just filled with superstars and some fields which are not and some fields which are sort of a little in between. But Nick Taylor was asked about what it would be like to have a bye week on the PGA Tour like we see in the NFL, like we see to a degree, in the NHL. Here's Nick Taylor on what a bye week could look like and how players would react on the PGA Tour. I think that would go through with flying colors. I think guys would love a bye week. I think the, the, the unique thing with golf, you know, with the FedEx Cup and chasing to try to get a position in the playoffs is when you take weeks off, you need rest, but also you're, you're falling behind. You're losing, you're losing ground to people that are playing. 
Um, and so I think for some guys that's, that's tough when you're sitting at home and you feel like you maybe could be playing, but you know you need some rest, but then, you know, you're, you're losing spots in the FedEx Cup. Next year, you know, with what the schedule looks like it's going to be, you're actually going to have bye weeks, maybe not that you want them, but if you're in the elevated events, you're going to kind of have a different schedule than people that aren't. And if you're not in the elevated events, then you're, you're almost going to have forced weeks off. And that's even talking to some guys, they actually might not mind that. I think you're going to know your schedule for pretty much the whole year kind of to start. And maybe that's not what we really have, have known for a long time. So if we had a couple of weeks throughout the year that nobody was playing, I think people would love that. Interesting. So like we know the PGA Tour as basically, I mean, in terms of wraparound season with a break, once Jan 4 hits the first week at the century, they're basically playing right through to the kickoff of the NFL season. Mark, given what you just heard from Nick Taylor, you're, you're one who covers golf, whether you're on location, whether you're Golf Talk Canada, PGA Tour Radio, PGA Tour Live, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How would you feel not only for the players about a bye week, but as a member of the media for a bye week too? There's too much golf. I've said this from day one. The season's too long. I mean, the only month that we don't play an official PGA Tour event is the month of December. And in the month of December, we all watch the PNC and the Hero, uh, Hero World Challenge. So, it's, I mean, it never goes away. All other sports go away. They have time for the fans to miss it. Players go to training camps. GMs retool their teams. However you want to put it. Golf has no offseason. It's absolutely ridiculous. I think it's crazy. And if we're going to insist on having no offseason, then I'm with Nick. I think bye weeks would be great. And I think there's room for more than one bye week. I think we could do this geographically, guys. I mean, when we leave the West Coast and then go to the East Coast, we go over the West Coast swing into the Florida swing, why isn't there a bye week? You know, when before the playoffs, why isn't there a bye week before the playoffs start? I think there's room for bye weeks if they ever wanted to do it. I think it's there. And I'll give you an example, too, from a media perspective, Adam, because you brought up a point. You know, yes, the players, but what about everybody else involved in the game? Do you know that the Honda Classic is the only week of the year where one of the few weeks of the year where PGA, our PGA Tour live team is not using all of our own equipment because we can't get all of our satellite trucks, all of our gear, everything we need from the West Coast to uh, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida fast enough. So we have to have uh, rental equipment, loaner equipment, however you want to put it, in position, ready to go for the Honda because the quick turnaround, for, we just can't do it. So, I mean, there's so many things going on behind the scenes. So, yes, it's the players, but it's everything involved with this giant machine. I, I mean, too much. I think it's too much, personally. You know, I, I understand playing every weekend from a financial perspective from the PGA Tour in terms of how many sponsors they have, how many title sponsors for some of these events. But, Bob, in your mind, from what you heard from Nick Taylor – in terms of bye weeks on the PGA Tour, is this an idea you could get behind? Uh, you know, I could get behind it easily because it would be nice to have a week off for us as well. You know, we, <laughs> where we have a long season. Even the, the guys at TSN who cover other sports, I look at the hockey guys who play golf all summer while, they're, <laughs> while they're, the sport is on the hiatus. And, you know, a little bit of the same thing with the baseball, but we don't really get that too much. I will say that it is, it, it's a good problem to have because that you've got so many tournaments. In fact, I just, as we were on this show, I got uh, an email announcing a new uh, tournament from our friends at Myrtle Beach are going to sponsor next year. It's going to run, uh, it's going to be an opposite field event, but it's going to run. There's just so many people who are willing to put up money 
to uh, to host a tournament, to bring players in there, and there are so many players that were willing to play week in, week out on the PGA Tour. It's hard to think of of putting a bye week in there, even though it does make a lot of sense, as Nick says. Nick's Nick's a very smart guy. He he has a lot of good makes a lot of good comments and makes a lot of sense. But I think I think that as long as the PGA Tour can get money not only from sponsors who are hosting tournaments, but from television then I think it's going to be uh, hard to pass up and, and have those bye weeks because there's guys who want to make money. It's certainly fascinating. And I, I can't recall anyone else ever bringing up the thought of a bye week until this year, until that moment. So uh, maybe this is something we'll, we'll uh, talk about again here going forward if the PGA Tour ever decides to even remotely contemplate something like this. But anyway, something a little different. And I think that was interesting. Okay, on the other side, speaking of a lot of golf going on in the world, live back this week and we'll take a look at the field playing and live and more more so look ahead to next week which live players have the best chance to contend at the pga championship can phil mickelson really do it again how about brooks kepka the major savant can he get in the mix one more time we'll discuss that and much more next this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc was presented by picton mahoney asset management For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Before we get to previewing the Live event in Tulsa this week and taking a look at some of the Live players for next week's PGA Championship, Bob, you have some news about Brooke Henderson. Uh, her agent just got back to me and said that she's out of this week's tournament due to illness. That's the uh, extent of what I've got. And so we'll hope she feels better and is able to play next week. Okay, we'll be watching that uh, moving forward here for Brooke Henderson, who, of course, already has a victory this season in her season opening start. But since then, she has clearly not played her best. Looking forward to seeing Brooke back healthy and very soon. So the Live Tour is in Tulsa this week, and it's been a pretty busy stretch for Live since the Masters, where they this will be their third event. They played in Australia, in Australia, and then they went to Singapore, and then now they're in Tulsa. So before we talk about players specifically, Mark, I'll go to you here. These guys... Uh, before the Masters, some had played four, five, maybe six times if they played some other tours heading into the Masters. Now, given the busier stretch they've had, some could be in better form. Do you think this helps or hinders the live players heading into the PGA Championship? Um, I think I think it might hurt them a little. I think we're going to learn a little bit more this week. The golf club they're playing here, which is uh, called Cedar Ridge Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it appears to be a little bit more of a tree-lined golf course at first glance. Got to be honest with you, I don't really know a ton about this, but at first glance it looks like a golf course where you might have to keep it uh, in the fairway a little bit more often. That might help a little bit for them in terms of getting ready for for Oak Hill. Uh, I do stand by, though, what I originally said. I mean, there's always going to be one or two live guys that pop up on a leaderboard. These are still great players. They're still world-class players. I mean, we can't deny that. 
But we're not going to see what we saw at Augusta. We're not going to see a full influx of live guys peppered on the front page at leaderboard. And, and I, I truly believe that because at Augusta, like I said to you guys, it's uh, you are either you are Jedi level Augusta National or you are not. And Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed, uh, Phil Mickelson are Jedi level. They're up there with Tiger. They're up there with Jack. They're up there with Fred Couples. They the Jedi knowledge of that golf course. So we don't have that at Oak Hill. We don't have that the rest of the way this year in our major championship rota. So do I expect one or two of them to pop up? Yes. But that's the extent of it for me. Jedi knowledge. Okay, this is something that I think I think we can workshop this into something way bigger. Okay, Jedi knowledge. Okay, Bob, for you, looking at the uh, FanDuel odds right now for next week's PGA Championship, Brooks Kepka has the shortest of any live player at 19 to 1. And overall, he has the fourth shortest odds of any player right now heading into next week's PGA Championship. Given Brooks major history he has four if he gets to five you can put him honestly up into the top 20 all time five not many player people have five major championships but what are you expecting from brooks kepka given his start given his finish at the masters uh you know i think you you can look at brooks kepka as as a guy who is found his game again after we saw in that Netflix series about how despondent he was and how well he played. As Mark says, you know, there's some guys who are just Jedi level at, um, at Augusta National. But when it comes to something like Oak Hill, they may be more Ewok level. So they, they might not have uh, the same kind of local knowledge that, that they will have at Augusta National where they can put it on autopilot to an extent. They have to do some fast learning. So I think it's right. I think it's going to be interesting. I, but I, I like Kepka. I think Kepka's playing well. I mean, if you look at some of the past results from some of these guys, I think you have to put into, into uh, you have to put out there in terms of guys uh, like like Taylor Gooch, who's you know he's been playing some really good golf, really solid golf for the last little while. Um, so I, I don't know. There there may be some guys out there who who surprise us. We just don't know. Top 100 in the world are all in this field this week. So they're going to be they're going to be some um, some of those players are good players and they're going to be up near the top of the leaderboard. But I I'm agreeing with Mark. I don't think it's going to be the uh, the big name we all love Augusta National kind of crowd again that we see this week or next week. Trying to find some sort of like lightsaber reference I can make here to really try to tie this all together, <laughs> but I, I I'm not quite there yet. Uh, Mark, for you. So we mentioned Brooks Kafka. Is he, in your mind, does he have the best chance to be low live at the PGA Championship? Or is there someone else that you're looking at? Well, Taylor Gooch is the hottest player on the live tour, right? If we look at their season-long standings, Taylor Gooch from the Range Goats Golf Club leads the way uh, over Peter Uline of the Four Aces and Charles Howell III of the Crushers. So uh, Brooks Kepka is in fourth. So even though FanDuel has him in the lead, technically he's fourth on their points list. I don't know. I guess he's the prototype, right, guys? So if we believe that Oak Hill is going to look and feel similar to the old Oak Hill, which is a little bit of the Donald Ross back in the design. So some, uh, some interesting areas around the greens. Uh, there's been some reroute, rerouting back to the original routing of the property. Uh, but other than that, we still think that this is uh, going to be a driver's golf course. 
And you're going to have to hit it long. You're going to have to hit it straight. Uh, if you look at Kepka's history at majors and where he did well and where he won, you know, the, the, it speaks. I, I, I got to think it's Kepka. For me, it's Kepka. Also, the desire to still be relevant, the desire to still play at this level, and his ego it certainly uh, helps him, I think, in these moments, right? That he, he can't just take the money and, and vanish into that good night. It just hurt. it kills him too much. So yeah, I think it's Kepka. I'll go. I'll go with Kepka plus one more name that will show up in the top fifteen. There's going to be two live players in the top fifteen when this thing is all said and done, and it's Kepka and one more. And I don't know who the one more is. Yeah, you mentioned the course setup, and you know, obviously, when Brooks Kepka won the 2019 PGA Championship at Bethpage Black, you could think that was pretty similar. Uh, someone else who contended at that tournament who also in fact, came second in that tournament was Dustin Johnson. Right now on FanDuel, he is at 36-1 to 1 next week. Someone who's not listed on FanDuel right now, unless I'm missing him on each time I'm scrolling through, is Phil Mickelson. Not listed right now on FanDuel, which I'm a little curious about, to be frank, but I'll, I'll do some digging and some investigating. Bob, so Phil Mickelson goes into the Masters. He's on absolutely nobody's radar, and he keeps repeating and repeating, you know what, I'm close. I'm close to really breaking through. I'm playing well at home. I'm hitting a lot of good shots. I'm just not putting it all together. Well, he puts it all together in the final round at the Masters. What are your realistic expectations for Phil at the PGA Championship? Uh, yeah, I mean, it goes back a little bit to what Mark was saying about him knowing so well about what's going on at Augusta National. I just don't think, I, I don't think he's going to fall off the, the, the horse and, you know, finish dead last or anything like that. But I think he will be a middle of the pack kind of guy this time, maybe a 30-ish plus or, plus or minus five spots. I think there's other players who, who will thrive more in this kind of a tournament than we saw Phil a few years ago. I think guys like Cam Smith. Uh, as you said, Dustin Johnson, I think those kind of guys will rise up a little bit. But listen, Phil's, Phil's sort of got a, a, a little bit of tiger in him. He, he surprised us over the years, so maybe he'll show up again. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, I, I just don't think that he's got enough horses in the tank to get it done on this golf course. Mark, you mentioned some of the areas around the greens at Oak Hill when Phil Mickelson won the 2005 PGA Championship. You think of that shot he hit out of the really thick rough on the 72nd hole, almost a full swing flop to a foot to lead to his second major at the time. What are you realistically thinking about Phil? Would you I, like? It's to me, it's I wouldn't be shocked if he shoots 80-80 and says sayonara on Friday afternoon, or if he legitimately gets into the mix for the weekend. I, I'm with you. Like, who knows? He's 35th out of 48 players, guys, on the Live Tour. 35th. I mean, Ian Poulter is 33, okay? Um, Bubba Watson, 32. Uh, Henrik Stenson's ranked 30th on their play. He's behind Henrik Stenson, who's, like, I feel like in quasi-retirement at this point. Um, but he also stood up at Augusta National and told us how close he was to going on a major run. Do you remember that was his run? I'm a, mm -hmm. this close to going on a run. So what do you believe? I don't know. Like my gut says miscut at Oak Hill for mm -hmm. Phil Mickelson. But that doesn't that that you know doesn't explain what he's telling. And to, listen, guys, to my point with these standings as well, Dustin Johnson is nowhere to be found on these live standings as well. DJ. I can't even find him on their point. There he is, 20th 
out of 48 players on Live Series. So I don't know. Again, I'm going to go back to what I've said all along. I've said it over a year now. How If you're going to remain relevant on live, as a Live Golf player, it's on you. It's on you because you've been prepaid. The, mon- the, the check has cleared. The money's in the bank. So now it's on you. How bad do you want to keep the game sharp? How bad do you want to compete four or five times a year when you get the opportunity to leave Live Golf and compete against the other best players in the world? If you're not putting the hours in away from the Live Golf Series, you've got zero chance. We're going to find out next week who's putting the hours in, I can tell you that. And when we make our TSN Edge picks for the PGA Championship on television and radio next week, will we make GTC history and pick a live player for the first time? No. You'll have to wait. Okay. So we have a no from Mark. Let's, let, let's tease this. Maybe, maybe someone will pick a live player. Before we go week. to break, guys, yeah. everyone chasing the four aces in live golf this, this week in Tulsa. The four aces... 96 total points on the season. Torque Golf Club is 64. Fireball 62. So there's four races and then everybody else. They are uh, hands down ahead of uh, the, the class of the team competition on Live Golf. Don't ask me who's on them, but they are the class. There you go. Well, speaking of edge picks, on the other side, we are going to make ours for the AT&T Byron Nelson. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks. Mark Zacchino. Well, every Wednesday here on GTC, we make our TSN Edge picks for that week's PGA tournament. Bob, right now, you are leading the charge. You have five wins so far this season. We're all chasing you. And you almost had number six last week because you had Xander Shoffley, who basically in every other year would have won last week until Wyndham Clark put on a Superman cape and went on and played a lot of great golf at Quail Hollow. So because you're leading, you have the honor. Give us your first pick this week at the Byron Nelson. Oh, the Byron Nelson story. I had the, all the live picks out here. I was going with oh. the four aces again. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, I wanted to get into Mark's, <laughs> Mark's funny bone there. Okay. A little conversation we were having off the air. Uh, my first pick is K.H. Lee, two-time defending champ, 25 under two years ago, 26 under last year, finished tied for eighth at Quail Hollow. Uh, he's ranked 27th in birdie average this year. He's made 229 birdies in 55 rounds. That's amazing to me. And a pretty well-rounded guy. Doesn't really have one of his qualities that stands out, jumps out at you and says, yeah, I'm a great driver, or I'm a great wedge player, or I'm a great putter. He's just kind of does everything pretty well, and I think that will suit him well for this week. The last player to three-peat on the PGA Tour, Steve Stricker. 
2009-2011 at the John Deere. And K.H. Lee has the sixth shortest odds, sixth shortest odds to confirm that, plus 2,200 to get it done yet again and win three in a row. Mark, give us your first pick. Well, I'll go. Okay, I'm just going to stay with KH Lee as well. Uh, oh. Not much more to add there with Bob. I mean, it's a small sample size, right? So it's two years at TPC Craig's Ranch, and KH Lee has won both times, 25 and 26 under. His scoring average is insane around this golf course, um, and it you know, might be easy to walk away from KH Lee, uh, but after a T8 at Quail Hollow it's kind of hard to walk away. So you got a two-time defending champion that is in love with this property that just top 10 at Quail Hollow against a much better field than he's playing against this week. So I'll just add that on top of what Bob outlined for us. It's hard to not go with KH Lee. Uh, again, that's also a statement, though, gents, I think, on the quality of this field. That's fair, too. Okay, for me... I'm going with Tom Kim as my first pick, tied for the third shortest odds at plus 1,400. He was ninth in scoring average, 15th strokes gain approach, 22nd in strokes gain total. But for Tom Kim, this season, his make or break has been putting, where he's 138th in strokes gain putting for the season. If this guy has a good week with the flat stick, like we saw at the President's Cup last year and in his two victories on the PGA Tour, I like Tom Kim. Bob, second pick. Uh, my next pick, I'm going with a layup. I'm going with Scotty Scheffler. Two wins and eight top tens so far this year. We know all about how well he plays. First strokes gain tee to green. First strokes gain off the tee. Second scoring average. The stat I love, though, that I found this time was a little bit different. First in bogey avoidance. He's only made 75 bogeys in 792 holes. I think I have played, I probably made 75 bogeys this year, and I have maybe have played 75 holes. So it's a pretty impressive performance this year by, uh, by Scotty Scheffler. And we'll get to your golf game, Bob, on the next segment because I doubt you've made 75 <laughs> bogeys already this year. Mark, give us your second pick. I, I'm just going to keep saying ditto because if okay, you perfect. don't have Scotty <laughs> Scheffler in your lineup this week, um, congratulations on the lobotomy. So I, I, Thank hope you. It, I hope it goes well for you. He is clearly <laughs> hands down the class of this field. He is the top two. Uh, there is the big two. There is Rahm and Scheffler and everybody else. Uh, he leads the way in every real b- ball striking category, to Bob's point. The only thing I'll add is he's 0.0000 in strokes game putting. He is not gaining on the field. He is not losing on the field. And we often like to say if he just puts average this week, he's probably going to win. So if Scotty Scheffler just kind of beats mm, how many guys we have in this field, 144. So if Scotty Scheffler finishes 71st in strokes game putting this week, maybe 70th, probably going to win. You mentioned all those zeros. Like it makes me think back to that great line from uh, current NBA analyst and former NBA coach Sam Mitchell when he said, zero, 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 zero after one of his posts. We had guys in the head of stat line, zero, 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 zero. I mean, Chris, have you had that queued up right away? I mean, we did not talk about that in our pre-production meeting, but uh, kudos to you, my friend. Uh, My second pick is one Adam Scott, who is a motivated player right now. So he's playing. He's already committed to the TGL next year, and he just hasn't played a lot of great golf as of late. And he said, I'm quoting him here, I play okay every week, but okay 
kind of sucks on the PGA Tour. It gets me nowhere. Finished T5 last week. Shockingly, his first top 10 of the season on the PGA Tour. And Adam Scott right now, his odds are plus 2,500. Yesterday at this time, his odds were plus 3,600. So they have shortened significantly in the last 24 hours. Maybe a lot of people throwing some moolah on Adam Scott. He is my second pick this week. Mark, we'll go to you. Where's your third pick going this week? I'm going with Dylan Wu. Woo! (laughs) He will be the low Wu. Between him and Brandon, he's going to win low Wu this week. Heading in all the direction, all the proper directions in the strokes game category, you got to go back to the Farmers Insurance Open to find the last time he missed a cut in an individual stroke play event. He missed a cut at the Zurich Classic in New Orleans. That team event, funky format, we'll throw that out. Individual stroke plays played quite well, trending in the right direction. Had a good finish back at Quail Hollow, so he comes in solid. Hits a ton of greens in regulation, so he's going to give himself a lot of looks this week. We're going to need to make a lot of birdies. I'm going to go with Dylan. Woo! And the interesting thing about Dylan, woo, is that his odds have also shortened significantly, too. 24 hours ago, his odds were 130 to 1. Now, 80 to 1. That is quite the movement there from Dylan Wu. And I'm sure, Mark, after people listen to this, they're going to say I moved the line. I believe what happened was I moved the line. I went with Dylan Wu uh, and people got the word that I was going Dylan Wu. And all of a sudden the line moved. It reminds me of that line from Alan Shipnuck's book about Phil Mickelson, where they were going gambling one time and Phil told all his friends that they should make their picks first because his money could move the line. That's a legitimate, (laughs) true story, which I still find very hard to believe. Anyway, Bob, (laughs) give us your third and final pick this week. All right, I got a little bit of a wild card as well. My wild card here, third pick, is Seamus Power, the Irishman. uh, Last two finishes at this tournament, tied for 17th, tied for 9th, and he has a 67.50 scoring average during those two, which is pretty low. Uh, finished tied for 18th last week at Wells Fargo. He's got a win and three top tens this year. Another guy with a well-rounded game. Now, yesterday when we were uh, recording our, uh, our our show that'll air today, he was up at 40, plus 4,400. His odds have shortened now considerably too. He's now at plus 3,300. Still at a nice round plus, well, it's not really round, but a plus 410 for a top 10, which I think is good value as well. So Seamus Power rounds out my three picks. It's, it's interesting because my value pick as well, his odds have shortened significantly too, and that's Nate Lashley. Yesterday at this time, 90 to 1. Now, 65 to 1. So a lot of moving and shaking here for all of our value picks. Nate Lashley was tied for the 36-hole co-lead last week at the Wells Fargo before fizzling on the weekend. Came T-17 here last year. This is basically a flyer but i'm going with it because boys i'm in last right now and i really need to step up my game uh, adam I, two things i think the three of us might be kicking ourselves in the butt that not one of us had tom hoagie this week in in this field mm-hmm. so weak hoagie's eighth on the pga tour in birdie average he makes 4.44 birdies around he makes a ton of birdies and you're gonna need to make birdies i mean if we all had a fourth pick i mean we should all probably have tom hoagie in this field none of us do and adam uh, on behalf of Bob and I, uh, I think Bob's trying to figure this out himself as well. How 
in this field. Do you not have Scotty Scheffler this week? You know, boys, I I, I just don't like those odds. And uh, you know what? I'm a little stubborn. I've had pucks fired at my head a lot in my life. So sometimes <laughs> things just don't connect A to B. But I, I am someone who, if Scotty Scheffler gets off to a poor-ish start, maybe those odds lengthen to, say, plus 800, plus 1,000. Then it might be time to uh, put a couple lollies that way, but I'm just not in love with that plus 360 number. And you guys know me; I, I like to, you know, throw some different guys out there, some wild cards, some interesting picks. And I'm going no Scotty Scheffler this week. Would I be surprised? Would I be happy for you guys that he went on to win next uh, this week? Honestly, probably not. But I, I would say I, I was I'm happy for you guys uh, for sure. Okay. On the other side, we'll give you leaderboard updates on where the tours are playing this week. We'll give a little preview on what you can expect from us for the PGA Championship next week. And we're going to take a deep dive into Bob's golf game so far because we need to know because we recap Mark and I on Monday how we've been playing so far early this year. But how's Bob been playing? We'll discuss that next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Wrapping up today's show with some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in the world of golf. Check out bushnellgolf.com. Here are where some of the tours are playing this week on the LPGA Tour. It's the Cognizant Founders Cup. Two Canadians in the field, Monami LeBlanc and Matty Zirik. Brooke Henderson not playing due to an illness. On the Live Tour, they are in Tulsa. This week, the DP World Tour, it's the Sudal Open. And on the PGA Tour, it is the AT&T Byron Nelson. Bob, give us your personal leaderboard update on how your game is currently gone <laughs> early, early in this year. Uh, I've got two 18s and a 9 in so far. One was at the golf canada media day where we got a chance to play at oakdale golf club where the pros are going to play for the rbc canadian open and i was uh kind of all over the place a little bit I hit, hit a bunch of fairways but it was uh it was the first one out and i was a little rough and the weather was cold i played 18 last saturday and uh had some brill moments of brilliance when i hit the driver well it goes like a rocket and uh i got some new wedges and they're definitely sharp <laughs> they got a lot of spin on them that i wasn't quite used to but uh, they, were, they worked well. And then uh, I played nine on Monday, as I do with my dad, who's, hey, my dad's going to turn 91 on Friday. So we were out playing a little bit of quick little nine and then had dinner. And um, I played the last four holes in one over to sneak in with a 45. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The course is wet. The rough is long. And I never lose golf balls. I lost two golf balls out there. So I had two triples on the card 
unfortunately, due to that. But um, it's uh, it's still a work in progress. Let's just say my golf game so far. Not uh, there's some moments of brilliance, um, but there's too few of those. We got to ramp those up a little bit more. Well, it is early in the year, and it's wet, and the rough is thick. I mean, for me, strokes gain grunting is at an all-time <laughs> high right now, just powering shots out of the rough because there's no chance I'm laying up anywhere because why would you Why would you drive all that way to go lay up into a par five? Ah, not doing that. Mark, uh, what, what's on your golf <laughs> calendar playing before you go to uh, Rochester? I'm just going to – one round, I'm going I'm to try to play on Friday. It looks like it's going to be 25 degrees and sunny, so that sounds like more Mark golf weather. Uh, my back will be happy for that. So I'm going to – I've played two nines already, going to try to play 18 on Friday, and uh, that's kind of it. And happy birthday, Mr. Weeks, if you're listening. That's awesome. So I hope you enjoy your weekend, and uh, can't wait for next week. Looking forward to being at Oak Hill and second major men's major of the year and – I'm all pumped. Let's do this. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, so next week is obviously going to be a busy one for us, for all three of us uh, on Golf Talk Canada, for Sports Center. So you two and Mr. Graham Dillette will be all together. You can see the three of you guys daily on Sports Center, where you'll do your reports, you'll some, some brilliant analysis as always. And for us on Golf Talk Canada, so we're on uh, 10 a.m. Monday, 10 a.m. Wednesday, where you guys will both be on locations. We'll have you guys on when schedules permit. Uh, we're hoping to hear from many of the Canadians before the tournament, depending on uh, scheduled availabilities and such. There are six Canadians in the field this week, which, or next week, I should say, which is awesome to see. Uh, I'm hosting SportsCenter next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night, so maybe I'll have a chance to chat with you guys uh, throughout uh, while hosting uh, SportsCenter, which will be which will be a ton of fun to get to. It's the second men's major of the season. And then the Monday after, of course, we're radio on TV to recap the week that was. That is Victoria Day, Monday, May 22nd, where we can take a look back at that. Okay, very quickly, guys, Leafs tonight. Mark, win or lose? Okay, clearly, yeah. <laughs> They're out. They're going to lose four straight. I feel bad for Luke Shen. I feel uh, uh, bad for um, for Riley. I feel bad for O'Reilly. I feel bad for a couple guys like that that have shown up in this series, but that's about it. I, I don't feel bad for our heavy-loaded stars that have been absentee with zero heart. Bob, for you. I think they're going to win tonight just because I think they're, uh, they want to bring it back to Toronto, but I, th I think they'll be on firing. I mean, there's nothing to lose, right? Get out there and get it done. We'll see. I, I'm projecting that they will win tonight. Well, what I'm projecting is that when we have our radio show on Monday, we're going to be previewing a Game 7. Yes, they are going to do this. Come on, baby. you got to be optimistic. I know they haven't played great, but they can't play any worse, and Sergei Bobrovsky can't play any better. <laughs> I'm going. We'll be previewing that on Monday. Thanks so much for joining us today on radio. We'll see you in an hour on TSN 3 and 4 for Golf Talk Canada Television as well. TSN 2 at 5 p.m. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. 
They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.